When I get this question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I always like, come on, man, I can't even know. I don't even know like what's going to happen in t next month or two months. How can I, <laughs> how can I answer that question? <laughs> Hi friends, welcome to the Metacast Roundtable by Namek. Today I'm joined by David Amor, CEO of Playment, you know David, and hey. Mate Lancharic, user acquisition and marketing consultant and founder and host of Two and a Half Gamers. Oh, thank Hello. you very much. Nice to be here. Nice to be here yeah. and it's, uh, it's quite refreshing for me not to do the intro actually to the podcast. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> If you give your um, give your podcast a plug, is it all about UA and uh, and mobile? Yeah, it's all about UA, ad monetization, game design. Uh, more like sharing the the insights from day from our day to day jobs, actually. So something that we encounter on like a weekly basis, and it's Excellent. kind of like a pain point for other companies. Yeah, mm. yeah. Understood. Yeah, you touched some some really relevant topics. Very cool. Thanks. How you been, Maria? Me? Yeah. I'm yeah. good. I, I just came back from Essen, so I was in a board game conference. Board game and conference? Okay. Yeah, I go full-on nerd. Um, wow. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really, really fun. But then I realized my brain, I played too many worker placement games, and my brain now doesn't know what to do. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> good. I've. Uh, it's been a busy month. There was a... Yeah. Bitcraft Founder Summit in New York, shortly followed by a Play Ventures Founder Summit in Singapore. So I've been irritating my family by being away from home quite a bit in the last <laughs> <Well>, time. <month>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Was but, it uh, was it useful? Yeah, super useful. I, um, he can't say it wasn't. You know. No. Well, no. <laughs> hey, this isn't about founders' events. This is about getting out of bubbles, right? So you're in the bubble yeah. talking to the same set of people all the time, and it's just super useful to go and talk to a different set of people and hear what's going on in their world, what's important to them. Sometimes you know, it's nice to find commonality in the same yeah. sort of problems that you face and uh, have a beer with them. And, you know, Singapore is a, a city, that, a country that I'd never been before. And uh, that's an incredible place, really good, yeah. and also super crypto native. So you know we're on doing my list. the weird end of Web three, and when we describe what we do, often when I describe what we're doing, it's met with confused looks from people in the West. But I, when, when I was in Singapore, I was treated like a king. It was great. Aww. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it must be good for a change of pace to just get that off about appreciation for what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Nice. Um, and on a note of happiness, uh, it was uh, World Mental Health Day on Monday. So, yeah, I hope everyone did something of treat yourself, as they say in Parks and Rec. Can I bank it and do it on Friday? Does it work like that? Yeah, it totally works like that. All right, I'll do that. If it's still in the, in the same week, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, so today we have uh, the chief UA expert, Matei, with us. So we're mm. going to do a UA-focused uh, episode. We're going to be talking about SCAN4. SCAD4, I don't know, Matei, you have to teach me how I say Scar the acronym. SCAN4.0, actually. SCAN4.0. <laughs> and we're going to be discussing, is it going to resolve all, all of the iOS post-ATT issues? 
And we're also discussing why channel diversification is important in user acquisition and wrapping up with uh, Unity's mobile blockchain gaming insights that was a post after the Pocket Gamer Connects Helsinki. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a sort of, is it a mobile heavy episode? Uh, I mean, Matei is yeah. the guy. If anybody's here to ask, then we've got the right guy. So as I said, I, I'm very much an observer here. I'll weigh in with opinion, but I'm, ready for, the, I'm ready for the pearls of wisdom from the two people. Well, you, you've been in the mobile. industry for a while, so you <laughs> yeah. know what we're talking about. All right, all right. I'll blag it. <laughs> um, I, brought, I brought some extra stuff prepared. I think yesterday I put Rihanna playing, and then I was going to prepare one topic, and I did four. I don't know. I just entered this zone. But I'll reserve them to the end. I just want to make a massive announcement. This is the most yeah. important announcement of this week. Meta's social VR platform, the avatars, are going to have legs now. Legs. Oh, Ooh. the public get what the public want. Yeah, it was apparently their most requested roadmap feature. Can I please have legs? Really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. I made a whole game once with... Um, where we were pretty self-published games, so we were careful on budget, particularly careful, and we were trying to figure out how to cut costs, and that was one of the ways. And nobody had a body from the waist down, and then we got away oh, really? with it. And just <laughs> we just made sure the camera was always pointed up. <laughs> that was actually yeah. incredible. <laughs> wow, nobody okay. knew. Take, yeah, it costs time and money to make those legs. I understand sure, where Zuckerberg's coming from. Facebook is pouring so much money into the VRs. Come on. Yeah, yeah, they should be able to afford the legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of the topics is I looked into what happened potentially with X-Hero because we did an episode about X-Hero on mobile and then it was gone from the app store. So that was and a bit it's disappointing. Back. It's and, back. Well, it's back, but it deleted yeah. all of my progress. So I'm not well. sure I'm very happy. Wow. Um, How well, far did you, did you go in that game? I mean, I played like 10 minutes just for like research purposes and then I just closed it immediately. I got about unlocking halfway of the city, so Ooh. I didn't fully finish the, wow. the onboarding experience. But anyway, that's for later if we have yeah. time, because right. we need to right. focus on, on our main topics. All right, scan 4.0. Yeah, okay, I got that acronym right. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to give just a flash co um, context as to what we're discussing. So in the developers conference in June this year, Apple uh, published some documentation about the next version of their scan network. Um, so this is Apple's privacy-focused attribution solution that existed before ATT, uh, but it wasn't very good, so people wouldn't use it, but then they were essentially forced to start using it. Because ATT uh, was released, well, sorry, it was enforced uh, iOS 14.5, which was released in April of 21. And it meant that users had to now opt in before companies could use their IDFA for ad tracking. There were some problems with scan that still exist, and hopefully they'll be uh, resolved with a 4.0 version. One of the problems is that it provides a single anonymized post back. Um, and the single postback is very limiting for products that have complex conversion flows, such as mobile free-to-play games, because you have multiple steps to take you to give you those signals uh, of the conversion and the long-term LTV. There was a random timer on receiving that information of the conversion reporting, which meant that it was very difficult to create predictable models based on install cohorts. 
And there was a very limited, there's a very limited set of campaign IDs and UA performance marketing is all about ABN testing. You're testing different creatives, you're testing different bids. And by having a limited set of campaign IDs, it means that you can do less testing. And there's also a privacy threshold where if you don't get a certain number of installs, I think, Matei, you can, yeah, I can, yeah, I can, I can tell you what that you wouldn't get any data back because it basically didn't, you didn't have enough data for Apple to say, oh yeah, we can guarantee privacy in, in giving so this. So it's, uh, Apple didn't actually say what is the, the magical number, yeah. <clears throat> but it's based on the UA channels for Facebook is 88 installs per campaign per day. On TikTok is 90 installs per campaign per day. Then on Google, I think it's, it's 100. And then, uh, there is Snapchat, which is 75 installs per campaign per day. So you pass the privacy threshold. If you don't pass the privacy threshold, you won't get any postbacks. You won't see anything that is happening on your campaign level. How do you know what the magic number is? Well, there are um, certain ways how to find out. Uh, but no, like the, the UA channels actually post that on, on their uh, guidelines for these oh, type of things. Right. And, you know, I, I, I read a lot and I write a lot as well. So, you know, I need to be on top of the game. <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't checked out Matei's uh, blog, do check it out. As, well, you you essentially kicked off the X Hero frenzy, I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and just to complete the the intro, so some of the Scan 4.0 features is that now you'll be able to receive multiple postbacks. I believe there are three postbacks in different uh, lengths since the install. So it means you can get a bit more insight into the conversion. However, for privacy, it means that you cannot link these three postbacks to the same individual user. So I'm not sure. I think we'll dive into a bit whether this is going to solve the problem of a single postback. It also means they're also releasing a feature where now the privacy threshold, instead of being all or nothing, there will be different thresholds. So you'll at least, at least get some data. And then as you get higher through the threshold, you'll get all of the data that you expect. They're also expanding the number of the campaign IDs and expanding the properties that you can assign to them, I believe. Yep. Uh, tracking parameters, that's what they're called. And they're also introducing uh, web to app campaigns, but only for Safari. So can I jump in here yeah. and, um, and make sure I can be the Luddite here. It's been a while since I've done mobile free to play. So some of this is going over my head. I think we're just, is this true that uh, Apple are introducing a new version of their attribution system that mm -hmm. means that for people that are saying that I'm happy to be opted in and it's a more sophisticated version of allowing companies to figure out what, uh, what ads are bringing in their best players. Is that this is actually for summary? those who didn't opt it in actually just the the other in, way around oh, oh really okay so yeah. it's a non it's anonymized information about uh yeah what is a sort of more restricted version of, of what we had before but it's still telling players sorry it's still telling game makers which uh ads are bringing in the better quality players have i understood that correctly yeah Unfortunately, it's not going to be on ads level, but on the campaign level still. So even now, right. okay. UH channels yeah. are using like modeled conversions on the iOS side. So if I want to check uh, performance on the creative level, it's still modeled. So it can be basically anything uh, and not oh. true that what I see. 
Can you dig into that? I don't fully understand. What's the difference between the campaign and the ad level? Well, the campaign level is, let's, uh, uh, you have campaign and different levels of the campaign. So campaign is the first uh, first layer. Then you have ad groups or ad set levels where you can put different targeting options. And then there is a third layer, which is a creative uh, layer. So usually you look at campaign level ROAS, so you, you can see like what uh, what kind of money you can get from the campaign. Mm-hmm. But if you want to dig deeper into the performance, then you want to see which targeting is performing better under the campaign or which creative is bringing more money into into your pocket, basically. And if you look at this on iOS, it's not very much, well, accurate, let's say that way. You have, mm, thanks to Facebook algorithms and, every, and, and the Google's algorithm as well, modeled conversion. So it's kind of what Facebook thinks this creative is bringing you. So it can be true, but it, it can be also like very, very not true. <laughs> it's like it's it's somewhere thanks to the the Facebook algo. So you know you can believe what Facebook is telling you, or you can't because well you know it, you don't know if it's true. But I usually rely on those model conversion because there is no no other way, unfortunately. And that was a problem that existed before the app tracking transparency change. Before uh, we had all the visibility that we have now on Android, so basically I could see on Android what uh, what kind of creative is performing the best, and it's not modeled. It's actually true ROAS on the creative level, which is now which is not possible on iOS. This was uh-huh. possible before the ATT happened, and even with with uh, with Scan 4.0, this is not going to be possible. It's just you are going to get more postbacks on the campaign level, which is I mean it's good. But it's, it doesn't solve all the issues. But it's definitely like one step forward because now it's uh, it's kind of limited. You need to know what's what's what what are ha- what's happening on the first twenty four hours or in the first twenty four hours. Now you have seventy two, uh, or then like a, something between the eight and thirty five days for the third postback. Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely better for the performance evaluation. But now that kinds of triggers different problems and different headaches because now if you have first 24 hours you just want to maximize the first 24 hours in terms of the getting the as many information from the game to ua channel as possible let's say you're optimizing campaigns for purchase so you want to get as many purchase um, events as possible in the first 24 hours so you can optimize the campaigns now it's going to be three days or 80 days or 35 days. So it's the whole like evaluation process is going to be prolonged for this type of uh, purposes. But that's going to help mid-core, hardcore games that are not able to monetize as quickly as uh, the other games in the first 24 hours. So this will put less of the emphasis on having to convert players as early as possible? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, okay. Although I would still, I would still do it because, yeah, for now, well, for me uh, as a UA manager now, it works super well. So I can, I can see really good performing iOS campaigns thanks to the fact that I'm more closer to the game teams as I was before because we need to mm-hmm. figure this out together. So obviously, like to get as many uh, payers as possible in the first twenty four hours, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just mess up the economy because, well, of course, I could maximize the the first day and then what would happen the economy could would crash afterwards which is not 
ideal. So that's why, you know, you need to try to find uh, the sweet spot. And that's, that's how we work with the game team very closely. So what are your overall feelings about uh, Scan 4.0? Sounds like <sighs> it's not going to solve all the problems. Do you think we're going to see some support in terms of performance? Because I think I th- a lot of companies have been struggling. Of course. I mean, uh, the, the Scan 4.0 won't solve all the problems and also like um, some companies will still struggle. I'm all, I was always optimistic about iOS changes and I'm still optimistic uh, now, <laughs> even more with the Scan 4.0. So yes, we will going to get more information on the campaign level, which is nice. Uh, definitely helps. Um, again, creates different uh, different kinds of uh, headaches for, for me because I need to wait for the, the data longer. Uh, now I just could most probably just look at like first first day, maybe mm-hmm. day and a half, two days. Depends uh, on the conversion schema and um, the, the conversion window. And I know you mentioned like the prediction models that were not as effective as, um, as they could be. Uh, on the other hand, I've run pretty good campaigns or pretty uh, profitable campaigns and using prediction models on the day on like first 24 hours, it's still possible. I mean, it's not, it's never going to be super accurate. That's like, that's how it is at the moment. Evaluation got really hard, but it's still possible for a lot of companies. It just requires uh, like hard work and extra, extra time. Can I ask, uh, yeah. I, when I speak to other mobile companies, they, they've, and I didn't talk to tons, but they're talking about the, the fact that they've seen a drop in revenue through ATT and, the um, inability to target spenders accurately yep. or these inefficiencies in targeting which have happened in the last year or so. Um, who do you think, uh, I, I mean, I guess how much does this um, help that and who are the winners and losers in, in this, not just about this update but just more generally is it uh, the inability to target whales you would, affect, you would expect to affect some companies worse than others? And how do you generalize well, that's that? The, that's the thing. So even now, some companies in the social casino space are doing quite well. Of course, they do more retargeting, but even on the UA side. So it's just, you're setting up the conversion schema, um, which is based on revenues. So you have these like bits and brackets. So you have 64 bits on the conversion schema for revenue. and it's 64 so every bit is like one dollar bracket so we have 64 dollars and if the if the purchase happens within these intervals or in, in these brackets it's going to be sent to facebook and then you can actually use value optimization for targeting wells so the targeting options went from like interests lookalikes to actually event targeting which you can then target wells these companies or these brackets, it's actually up to you how you can define. So if you see your players make purchase, let's say they spent thousand in the first 24 hours, you put that in the bracket. In that case, you will get that information back to Facebook and you can use it for the campaign optimization. So it's, it's you know, transfer from the, the usual traditional way how you can target people with, uh, with different uh, targeting options to event-based targeting, which is more data-oriented. So yeah, uh, I think companies with uh, bigger data teams will definitely win. Uh, (laughs) I work with some smaller companies. They don't have the data teams. 
So if you don't have the data team, you can't use media modeling, incrementality tests, and then uh, prediction models on the day one. But you can easily look at what you were getting before you started spending and then what you are getting now with uh, like some level of spend and you just compare the the differences between spend and the uh, incremental revenue or additional revenue. So it's blended ROAS. I know it's not super accurate, but for smaller companies, it's not, there's now no other way, unfortunately. Mm. It's just, you know, you need to be brave a little bit and experiment. Yeah, that, mm. you know, but being brave and experimenting is a lot easier in a big company with a Oh yeah, Re- of revenue course. stream than it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> smaller companies. So it sure, but like it you know, like it's bigger companies. Yeah, but if you're a small company and uh, you know you need to solve it, then you need to do whatever it takes to actually make it happen. Because if you don't solve it, then you are in a big trouble. Because rely- relying only on Android, it's most probably like not the best scenario. Yeah, you mentioned that there are ways to go around the current constraints and still find modelings to allow you very similarly. Yeah. So before the ATT changes, a similar level in terms of the performance marketing. Do you think that the mobile game developers who just went, okay, we need to put the past behind us and just figure out these new ways rather than hoping that, for example, updates to the scan technology would allow them to reuse the strategies of the past? Well, no, most probably no. I mean, what 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 worked like two years ago, it's not going to work now and not going to work in the future for like 100%. It's, it's not going to happen. So if you're still trying or still hoping for anything that happened, anything that worked in the past, that it's going to work now, please stop immediately. Try to adapt as soon, as soon as you can. I mean, that's like the beauty part of the game industry. Like, we are kind of going through a change, whatever change out there, like almost every quarter. So we are good at, in uh, adapting. So just try to, you know, speak to other developers. It's also very nice to, uh, in the industry that we try to share and uh, help each other. So just ask others, like how they do it or ping me. <laughs> <laughs> no jokes around. No, really. I mean, I was it's just really waiting. helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's really helpful too for always. for like, you know, <laughs> talking to others. <laughs> yeah, I'm so always optimistic th- about iOS. I can't help it. Really. Do you think? Do you think the pace of change in strategy was as fast before? Uh, you know, fourteen fourteen point five. So post ATT. Fourteen point five. Yeah. Yeah. Was it as fast before that you had to continuously change strategies in UA or has it accelerated nowadays? I think I think it accelerated like this year uh, when everything changed uh, around this four, 14.5. Everybody just, not everybody, but like most of the companies stopped spending on iOS because they couldn't evaluate properly. Which on one side is, I mean, it's smart move. On the other hand, like those players and payers didn't disappear. They're still there. You just need to find a way how how to actually get them uh, and target them and acquire them, which is now people are starting started to talk about like it's that like iOS um, UA is still possible. There are still like companies that say, well, we can't run profitable UA, and they are you know making this like, the ATT as their excuse how how they don't or can't run it. Unfortunately, but it's still it's just hard work. Just you know, that, that's mm-hmm. it. No, there are companies that are really like uh, can can share that it's it's actually possible to 
to be pretty profitable on the iOS side. And it's working even better than Android because it's not that competitive anymore. Do you have again, some... It, oh, sorry. Yeah, because again, like we're getting back to the fact that uh, still some companies are not spending or not spending that much as they would spend before. So the competition is lower and I can see on some games, uh, lower CPIs uh, and better ROAS numbers on iOS than I can see on Android because it's not that competitive. Do you have examples? I don't know if you can share this. Examples of companies other game devs should be looking at? Of, oh, I, I'd love to learn more about this. Who should I go and explore? Yeah, well, nobody shares this, uh, um, well... Too much publicly, but if you yeah. you know if you go for a drink with uh, some fellow <laughs> developers, they will share. They will share a lot as well. It's these conferences David is going to. Is exactly. this what you're doing, David? Yeah, exactly. The drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The conferences. It's it's all about you know getting uh, get together and uh, just talk about the the issues and and the, the solutions. And you know, my my view is that UA. Never stays still anyway. I remember yeah. interest targeting, targeting that turned into lookalike targeting. Yeah. It, took, it turned into event targeting and value-based targeting. Yeah. And, that, you know, I sort of left mobile free to play at that point, but then IDFA and ATT. Now, it seems yeah. like a big one, but it won't be. The, it, it always seems to be changing in some way all the time. Keeps things yeah. interesting. I've been hearing... UA is dead for like last four years. Like every year, is like oh well, now UA is dead. It's like come on, give me a break. <laughs> UA is a zombie. We should just yeah, that. It's, yeah. It's it's more probably just going to evolve into something else. You know, a beautiful butterfly. Oh <laughs> well, I suppose you know that's why a lot of companies are also moving to Web three. And David, are you? Do you have to deal with these decisions in your startup? Well, is well, it a startup um, playment? I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, well, a couple of things. One, I think it depends what you're doing, and there's there's quite a, a breadth of different things happening in Web three. What I hear a lot of talk about, I'm sure Matei has an opinion about this, is wallet targeting. So. Um, you know, particularly in the light of the privacy IDFA things that are going on on Apple, then by way of contrast, if you uh, hold your assets in a wallet, um, a assets being cryptocurrencies or NFTs, then those wallets today are completely open. You can query that and you can see, you know, what what a fantastic dream this is as a UA person. Yeah, it's amazing. You can, you can see <laughs> in a wallet, you can see what they spent and when, how long they spent on it, how much, yeah, everything. Like uh, What kind of assets they have. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Everything. Now, of course, a, a, a sort of gap in that is that you might be able to see those wallets, but you don't know who owns those wallets. You certainly yeah. you can't associate an email address. You can't message them. You can do you can airdrop something to them, yeah. but it doesn't mean to say that they'll act on it. So, to me, that this is like um, a lot of people talking about that as a solution to some of these UA headaches. Not you know, and, and maybe Web three is interesting partly because there's a new method of reaching. Uh, players targeting players now, but of course, they, to me, there seems to be an unsolved gap, which is sure you can look at their wallets and see what their spend patterns are and yeah. see whether they have an affinity with the game that you're building. But how do you message them? How do you actually get them to? What's the call to action there? So there's a gap, but it's a tantalizing one, right? Because if you could solve it, then there's a whole new kind of UA. Oh, yeah. Is there are is there analytics technology or you know performance marketing technology can you is there anything that you can type in you know 
find all of these type of wallets and do this to them and then i can track if not, they use the thing i eardrops to do something probably else. not we're in a stage in web 3 where people are still building this infrastructure so it's like i don't know if it's year one or two or whatever but anyway it's a early day so i think there's a bit of a scramble to try and build interesting technology the same with analytics like uh, it, an interesting aspect of um Analytics in Web3 is that you can query anything that's happening on the blockchain with a, if you go to Dune, Dune Analytics, which is the sort of mm -hmm. go-to Web3 analytics tool, then you can see, you can query everybody's game. It's uh, not just your game, but you can look at the <laughs> performance of other people's games, which is not, not through Sensor Tower or through yeah. App Annie, but just by querying on-chain data. So it has uh, some weird elements that, that, that the, the, the design of blockchain is to be an open ledger. So by design, it's supposed to be transparent. You can see who's doing what, even if it's anonymized wallets. So it's a sort of a tantalizing new form of, of UA and new form of analytics. Everything works a little bit differently currently Web3. There may be EU uh, legislation that said, yeah, sure, you can look at wallets, but you don't get to do that anymore because that's you know, maybe there's legislation that pushes against it. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly slightly different in Web3. But then you have Dapper right there, and uh, you can check, like, uh, <clears throat> what game or, like, how does the game actually perform. But then it's not, that uh, like, totally true because it's, like, only measuring, like, wallets. So what about the yeah. other players? Well, I mean, it depends, depends what the game is. So if okay. it's a game, game that requires a wallet, then, yeah, you can see okay, all, yeah. of the, all of that wallet activity. I think Decentraland. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's exactly that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> so, so the story that Mateo is laughing about is the fact that Decentraland that are valued at 1.6 billion or something like that yeah. had a wallet activity, daily active wallets of 28 or something. Thir and yeah, yeah. Thir 38. It's still, yeah, yeah, still super small. <laughs> and uh, their, their pushback was, you know, actually it's 8,000 DAU. Uh, yeah. It's just the majority aren't, aren't doing wallet activity, and you're measuring right. wallet activity. I'd still say that eight thousand EAU is it's still pretty number. small. Yeah, <laughs> but but you're right, which is that uh, it, it's only a, that sort of analytics is only able to measure people that are using their wallets with a game. And if your game doesn't require that, then maybe you don't get to see it. Yeah, because I imagine a lot of games are going the two point five route. Um, and not fully on chain, where some elements are chain are on chain, but the rest of the elements are not. Yeah, and, and you know, and even in uh, th there's probably there's some good UX reasons for not throwing a wallet in somebody's face as soon as they start playing a Web mm -hmm. three game, right? It's a not a great UX experience. So maybe by design, even if it's a very Web three heavy game, you want to find a method of not requiring players to have a wallet as mm -hmm. step zero. You know. Oh, if Anil were here, he could take us all through his Blast Royale <laughs> onboarding flow <laughs> next right. time. So I was wondering, your topic is channel diversification, Matei. Yeah. Is that one of the solutions in terms of these new strategies that could be beneficial? <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, this specific article, well, even though I was mentioned in the article as my case study, I'm, I have some problems with it because it's not only a solution to iOS, it's 
and no, I don't want to say solution because I think this is going to be a trend and I've been talking about this for, for a lot of time and my co-hosts uh, at Two Enough Gamers are laughing at me every time I mention it. But it's actually true because now I see the the landscape is shifting from using one or two big uh, UA channels and spending heavily on Facebook or well, Meta or, or Google towards using more channels with smaller spend. And this this article suggests that like thanks to the ATT and the UA that thanks to the ATT UA performance dipped and small developers struggled, which is true. But on the on the other hand, not that much. And like the UA diversification should be more about your goals and uh, the ROI you want to achieve. So if you are looking at let's say short per payback period which is anything from 30 to 60 days, or maybe even 7 to 30 days, then most probably spending a lot of money on one channel is not going to work because as soon as you start spending more than uh, you can get from like your niche target audience, then you're opening up the, the targeting, then the payback period is actually prolonging always. So if you have, let's say, 1,000 daily spent, you can get the money back in 30 days. Amazing. If you do 2,000 a day, you, vi you are widening up the, the targeting and then you will see the money back in 90 days. Not 60, but 90, maybe 180. This can actually, like the UA uh, diversification can help uh, because then you're spending 1,000 on Facebook, 1,000 on Google, 1,000 on TikTok. And then in total, you're spending 3,000 a day, but you still can achieve that 30 day uh payback period so so that's that's not only for ios it's also for android i mean it's uh it's not only like platform oriented it's it's all the ua and that's that's what i think it's, it's going to happen and i think it's already happening thanks to facebook decreasing quality in the last year now developers are shifting towards different channels and of course if you if you find better performance on different channels then you will spend there so what this Article article also says uh, about challenges it's like the ad monetization um, based on the well uh, ads in the game kind of like those developers struggled. Yes and no. I know we discussed it with Felix uh, that even if you have the ATT prompt in the game, you can actually capture forty to sixty percent uh, opt-in rates and uh, get the IDFAs therefore like earn more money on these type of players because well you have idfa and there are different tricks how to improve those uh those opt-in rates even to 80 percent, for example so oh. those and you have of course i mean it's all about the testing and uh you know uh trying to get uh, as, as much as, as possible from the from the eight or even pre-prompt uh because you know you show that to players like hey we are a small developer please help us uh give you targeted ads and uh, you know uh, make a better experience for you there's like some some messaging you can use that can help you inc increase that so those like days where everybody said it's the ATT opt-in rates is or the IDFA opt-in rates is around like 20% it's not true anymore it's 40 plus on some games of course on some some genres it's maybe around 20 but still hyper casual those guys are still like Good. They're running good business, even after ATT. So let's let's put it that way. And then, yeah. Yep. I, I just want to say that I always opt in, you know, for the sake of the industry. <laughs> of course, yeah, you, I do that all the time. Do? Me too. <laughs> of course. 
<laughs> so I do that all the time, of course. <laughs> even even I uh, when uh, a game wants to send me uh, push notifications, I say, okay, yes, <laughs> you can, you can do that. I don't get oh, that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I want to see what the, you know, what kind of messaging they are using so I can okay, use that in, you know, yeah, for, yeah. for research purposes. Yeah. So I can use that as well. But uh, this, this article by AppSumer actually also say, uh, suggested that your performance dipped as we discussed because of a lack of data science teams. Well, sure. If you don't have a data science team, it's it's harder. But if you're a small company, you can also look at blended data. Most probably, you won't be able to like grow the budgets as uh, if you had the data team because you are on your own. But you can still do it step by step. You add one uh, one UA channel. You measure the performance of, or the like the revenue increase in two weeks. If you see you are actually able to increase the revenue. You can either increase the budget or add another UA channel. And then again, two weeks period or three weeks or whatever you want to measure. If you're able to increase the revenue or the revenue di- uh, difference, if yes, perfect, then you stack up another another channel. I mean, it sounds very easy because I've done it before, but uh, of course, like, I understand it's not that easy for a lot of companies. Yeah, because different types of creatives, I believe, perform better or worse in the different channels. Yeah. For example, I know that TikTok, from what I've studied, needs completely different creatives to, for example, what you do for Meta. So yeah, if that's smaller, what everybody said. That's what everybody said. Is but, it you know, not look, true? Look, look at the, the Survivor.io um, case. They, have, they had zero real people in their ads, and they were able to spend quite heavily on TikTok with a lot of money going back to their pockets because, you know, we've seen the, the, the growth of that game. They're making 1.5 million a day, and that's only for in-apps. We don't see oh, the, wow. the ads, unfortunately, which I think it's somewhere around 1 million at this point. And there are zero people in those creatives. So yes, that was something that everybody was talking about like a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago. Now, whatever works on different UA channels, as and you have a winner creative, it works on TikTok. Google Unity or whatever you have because it's a very creative and it performs well. So it will so perform across uh, the whole channels. What kind of creative, sorry? The the winner one, like the, the one that's performing the best of all the creatives you have. Oh, I see. The winning one. The winning one, yeah. So, of course, if you put people inside or use the UGC type of creatives, it can help the performance. But if you don't have that, just use whatever you have uh, from different channels and start with that. I, I could mm. see now it's performing well. And there's also like one like case study or like, well, if you talk to, to TikTok, they will say like there is a, a best practice. If you use like a gameplay, it's like it's a couple of sequences from gameplay, you will see higher, a higher conversion rate to install and then like better ROAS afterwards. So it's shifting again from like this UGC oriented type of creative. So you don't, don't make creatives, you make TikToks. Uh, I'm laughing at that like so, <laughs> so, so, so much. It's just now it's it's definitely a different landscape, or even on TikTok. Why why has it has it changed? Because I all of the studies that I read is about companies saying, Oh, we try to use the same creatives we use on Google and and Meta, and then they didn't well, perform and so we stopped exploring TikTok. 
Yeah, it depends on what kind of uh, um, companies are writing these case, case studies. If you're um, looking into like agencies writing these, then obviously you need to have a context or like um, a motivation for for writing these type of uh, case studies because mm, then, you know, okay. you need to understand. So we need different creatives for different uh, UI channels, of course, because that's more work for us. So we need to, tra- we need to charge you more. There you go. Wow. So you need to, you know, read between the lines as well. <laughs> and in terms of um, picking what channels do you, when I used to do this, I suppose I went through the apps flyer list of best performing you know that, that, that yeah they just GD? yeah they just released the the performance index the 15 one i usually yeah i usually do look into this but i have like three or four let's say best performing or the ones that i start with always i bitch about facebook and the performance i still run campaigns on facebook but then google unity and tiktok are the like the top four mm-hmm. for sure right now on ios facebook and tiktok is performing amazingly well amazingly well interesting why why do you think it's taking well potentially taking companies a long time even well-established companies i don't know this is all hypothetical um from moving moving from investing the majority or the budget into meta google and is it apple search ads as well yeah the yeah the the article suggested uh, you should spend uh, if you don't spend uh, up until 250000 monthly, uh, then it's Facebook, Google, and Apple search ads, uh, which in gaming space, Apple searches don't work that much. In app space, amazing. For games, not that much. So even like for, for iOS campaigns, I would suggest uh, Facebook, Google, not at all. It's not performing that well. You have five days delays of data and nobody wants to, wait five days until you see the the data. So that's why I use Facebook, TikTok, and Unity. Google, on the other hand, on Android, performs super well. So I don't have any problems with that. Mm. But on iOS, not that much. So do you uh, see companies being reticent from moving from these big, big um, channels into networks, the smaller networks you were talking about? Well, if you're a big company, then you most probably tested out every, every UA channel out there. It's just uh, about what kind of uh, goals and, and ROAS numbers you have in mind or KPIs you want to hit and uh, and how patient you are or like how hard you need to work to make the the UA channel work as well for you. Because, of course, everybody can say, okay, I spent 50K on, on Unity and it doesn't work. Well, it, how, how can you say that? I mean, it's it's not like black and white. You need to work, you need to optimize you need to then use different optimization uh, types on the campaign side, so not using only uh, mobile app install optimization, but also ROAS-based optimization, so that's the, the value-optimized um, campaigns when you target purchasers. Then you can do different optimization on the uh, the sub-ID level, which means that's the targeting on the ad networks. So instead of... Um, running interest campaign on Facebook, you have sub-ID level where you are showing your ads in, in different games. So then you can exclude the ones that you, that are not performing that well and then just increase bits to get more traffic from the ones that you see pretty good performance. Well, I honestly gain such respect for your acquisition every time I hear <laughs> someone talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I always say it's super easy uh, to set up the campaigns uh, because of course, I mean, you can set up the campaign in 10 minutes, but then what? Yeah. If something breaks, what would you do? 
that yeah, that's the the most interesting part and uh, the most most exciting one. And that's why I always I not, before you joined I said uh, to David like I I, lo- I love campaign management. I still love to get campaigns executed because it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great experience. I love it. So when you say work hard, it's experimenting different types of creatives yeah. and also different types of campaign setups in the different channels. Exactly. Yeah. Because these like channel diversification, that's like one big topic. You can then diversify even within the uh, the the channel itself. So you have different types of, of campaigns. So if your game monetizes on ads and in-apps, you can run purchase-based campaigns, but also ad-based campaigns. So you're actually optimizing for ad watchers and actually using the, the value you can earn on the ad monetization to target like ad whales, if I can call it that way. So mm-hmm. so that's always like within one, one channel, you can have multiple optimization, multiple campaigns. And also not only this, but you can run value mm-hmm. optimization, purchase optimization, different events, uh, optimized campaigns, and even the, the mobile app install optimized campaigns, which, which are the basic ones. So like, there's like the whole tree of possibilities you can do even like within one, one channel. So that's why when I, when I hear like, oh, well, we tried that and it didn't work. Like, what do you mean? What exactly didn't work? Like, tell me. And then when we, when we try to find the, the things that did, didn't work, did we find ways what worked? And then just, you know, move to that direction. Because, of course, it's not easy to unpack everything. Wow, Matei, thank you. That was all super <laughs> insightful. <laughs> um, well, we already... Stop, stop me now. I mean, I'm on, <laughs> this, is, this is great. I mean, I love to talk about UA. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I know that um, we're coming to the last 15 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And David, we were going to talk about uh, Web3 UA. But we kind of already did that. Uh, however, part of your talk, topic was also um, some insight into predictions of Web3 coming to mobile. Oh, I mean, um, I feel this isn't really a story. I just noticed somebody, uh, a, a friend of mine uh, on LinkedIn, who was a pocket gamer in Helsinki. It seemed like the sentiment were one of the comments there, one of the, you know, people do these reports, I always find them interesting. What What's the vibe there? Mm. And one of the points in, in the that uh, she wrote was, Hey, you know, I think a lot of people are seeing that Web3 is five years away uh, at the earliest. And I'm thinking um, that, that's a surprise to me. That's like, a, a, obviously, there's a bit of selection bias. If I go to, if you go to a mobile event, then people are going to not in yeah. a hurry to tell you that, hey, I'm working in the wrong part of the industry. Equally, if I go to a Web3 <laughs> event, then people are saying, oh, I should, probably should be making mobile. So there's definitely some selection bias there. Maybe there's just something interesting in the fact that, uh, two different forms, uh, two pretty different uh, opinions there across different parts of the games industry. And I don't think anybody in Web3 games is saying the market is here right now, mm. but I don't think they equally, I think uh, most would say that the, the market is closer than five years away. And um, as I said, it was just a small comment on a report, but it just sort of highlighted a difference there. And I suppose... We're seeing like about in terms of investment in startup games companies, probably $10 billion a year going into um, startups, which is so certainly investors are placing a big bet in this category of the games industry. And I would expect most of them not to, to be expecting product market fit to, a, to happen earlier than five years away. So, um, 
Yeah, an interesting point um, that uh, – what do you think about that, Matteo? You've got your foot, foot – well, I want to say you've got your foot firmly in Web2 Mobile. Even that's a dismissive comment, isn't it? Sorry, I apologize <laughs> about that. What I'm trying to say is we're in slightly different parts of the games industry. So what do you think of that thought? No, I think what's uh, what's happening now, I, I think you mentioned before we we started recording the, the Web 2.5, which now like all the mobile companies, well, not all, but a lot of mobile companies have the um, crypto layer or, or like Web 3 layer on top of it. Because what I think, Web 3 is great uh, and I... I really, I'm really interested in like what's happening there, but it's, from my point of view, it's not scalable that much. So, so that's why a lot of web free companies are now, or well, move, some of the companies moving towards the mobile with level of uh, of blockchain in their games to be able to actually hit the, let's say, the mass market in, in quotes, the mass market or more players. Of course, you build community, but that's like thousands of players, not millions, I guess. Yeah, and and I suppose. I've never really got to the bottom of how much Apple has changed their policy on this, and maybe you covered it in previous weeks, but certainly no, it is. They wanted to cover it, but never happened, right? Oh, we right? did. We covered it. We, okay. we covered it last episode. Yeah. I'm sorry, I well, it, Apple has not formally made a communication, that's, but that's a true, lot of people are reporting you can sell NFTs if they are purchased through fiat. You cannot purchase through crypto. Which I don't think is a huge change in. Any doesn't matter, yeah, and they take thirty. They take thirty percent. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose um, a lot of, and this is what you're saying, Matei. A lot of people that are making mobile games not quite seeing that positive return on ad spend. Yeah. They say maybe we can get an uplift from embracing some Web three ideas, yeah. and that sort of, you know, ending up maybe not being quite being Web three, but Web two point five or something. So I'm seeing quite a lot of that, and I don't know how effective that is. And uh, I think we will see. Well, because. Everybody's talking about it, but I haven't seen a game yeah. to a certain extent that actually utilizes this that much. At least not now. I mean, we'll see what happens in Q4, but I'm not sure if that's that's like. Well, I think I think the most traditional traditional, you know, most games companies that saw investment, Web3 investment, happened middle of last year and onwards, and they and it takes a while to make a game. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe. From the middle of next year, you're going to start seeing the fruits of those investments that happened in the middle of last year. Hang on, this year. You know, obviously, it takes yeah. a while to make a game. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and uh, whether that's mobile or desktop or whatever. So, um, um, yeah, interesting. To me, five years sounds like a oh man, five years in video games is a long time. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. And, and if that was their sort of optimistic view on how quickly this would happen, then wow. That's a, that's a certainly a differing opinion from other people I speak to in the industry. Yeah. When I get this question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I always like, come on, man, I can't even know. I don't even know like what's going to happen in t- next month or two months. How can I, <laughs> how can I answer that question? <laughs> yeah. And in web three, yeah. I mean like five years, come on. That's, that's <laughs> no. Everything's changing like every, every well month, basically. I guess right. there's some things that work on a slower timeline. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against VR and AR. Um, and yet, the speed at which that market's come to be something interesting is slower than people imagined. And I imagine the metaverse, whatever that is, is <laughs> probably on a slow timeline as well. So uh, maybe things move at different speeds. 
Yeah, well, Meta announced their new headset, not to change topic, but it costs 1,500 USD. Wait until and you hear the cost of the Apple one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's but it has, ch- it has two cheaper. hours of battery life. No, it's like, it, wow. That's good, is it? No, it's, no idea. It's, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Do you know how long these snap glasses last for? They're 15 minutes. Are they really? <laughs> yeah. So two hours is okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it makes two it's hours sound great. Everything's relative. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, don't, I don't think I can fully make up my mind in terms of how successful Web3 games can be on mobile until I see an example going to market and trying to scale. Because going, yeah, having a game available for players to play and how many players you can bring in without tapping into mobile UA, where you're relying on the Web3 and the community building and just organic UA in a way. Or I don't know if community building is organic. Probably not. Yeah, not that Ver- much, but... Yeah, but versus... You, you can, yeah, you can have some help from the marketing perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, how much do the onboarding and the FTUE flows in terms of the wallet and the setup and the account and trying to onboard players who don't fully understand what an NFT is or why it's important that they're getting the actual asset instead of just having a character. Is that going to be detrimental to the attempts of scaling? I I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Well, there's like, what you would say is that there's a hundred companies or whether it's at an infrastructure level, like trying to solve some of the wallet problems you described there, Maria, or whether or not it's content, whether it's the games, Mm. there's just hundreds of companies all having a run at that, very talented companies. So the idea that one or more wouldn't break through and figure some of this stuff out seems unlikely to me. And I'd put it in a shorter time frame than five years. Do you think we're going to start seeing a lot of, because you said there was investment in this year and back end of last year, and it takes a long time to make games. Do you think that we'll we'll see an acceleration of games being released next year? Or do you think it's going to take at least 2023 for building? And then 2024 is when we might see that. No, I think we'll see games next year that are built by people that have experience in making games and have uh, properly implemented crypto elements rather than, you know, Web3 elements rather than just bolted on uh, as a method of improving uh, LTV. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, maybe first or second half of next year. Okay. Right, we got five minutes left. Do you want to talk a bit of X-Hero? Is there more to dig into Web3? Oh, uh, I don't think there is like that much, that much of things that we can uh, discuss with the X here. I mean, it was turned uh, took out from the store because of some interesting things happening on the on the side, which I was reading into one article that they said that uh, it was taking players to like third party websites uh, when they had to spend. I mean, I don't know like uh, how can you be forced to spend more money on the website, but whatever. And then uh, the players didn't get a lot of refunds. Well, they didn't get any refund, basically. Yeah, that's why I saw players claiming fraud that they spent. They didn't get any of the items they had spent for. And then when they reached out to customer support, they got banned. But this is just the player's perspective because I read on another thread that the developer had a, a serious bug in terms of the IEPs. 
Uh, and some players exploited it, and that's why they got banned. Who knows what the truth is? Yeah, nobody knows, but it's it's back up. I, I saw it today. So let's see how the growth continues, because they made like $7 million last month, which is incredible uh, when we compare it with their like 50K uh, a couple of months ago. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's an interesting growth, but I'm not sure like how that's going to grow this month, most probably not that much since they were out of the, the game for some time, but then we'll see what happens until the, the end of the year. When you looked it's, into it, do they have yeah. do they have epic heroes save animals on Android? They they didn't have that when I was looking into the the game. It was only iOS. They yeah. added they added Android, I think, a week after uh, I posted the uh, the case study. That makes sense because when I analyzed it, it wasn't there uh, as well. And now yeah. it's instead of save the Doge, it's the animals. Then you have the Doge and some other animals, but it's still the yeah. same idle RPG game. I don't know what to make of this. I'm still, I've been trying for the past two weeks to create an opinion on this. <laughs> I come to the episode still, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And what's funny about this is you shared earlier that you got like halfway through that game. And you're sore about the fact that you lost your progress when it yeah. when it came back again. So you, it seems to me you spent a lot of time. Before, you're halfway through a game, but still haven't quite made an opinion about it. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I I, I shared my thoughts on it, and when we did the X Hero, uh, I, I like to play it a bit more just to understand the progression a bit further in the experience. Um, yeah, I, I was just more. How do you call it? disappointed because I wanted to continue slowly checking in how the game was doing and experiencing it. And I found it surprising that they just deleted my save. And I don't yeah. know if other players have have gone through that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happened to others as well. I mean, yeah. It's still a very like, uh, weird case uh, that's happening. The mystery continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward. No, I, I just want, you know, I wanted to dig way deeper into this game, but then uh, I couldn't find it on the store. So I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. But then yeah. if this continues to be live and I want to just play, um, try to research more and deconstruct, like how is it possible that this is making so much money? I mean, I already know why and how, but I want to see if it's sustainable because uh, all yeah. all these fake ads are just, uh, all the trend are, trends are changing so fast. So, this is based on like a TikTok trend. So if there is a new trend, I assume they're going to change it again in the game because that's what happened to Mighty Party, Hero Wars, and the Top War and Kingdom Guard. That's what happened. So now I'm really looking forward to see what's what's going to happen to this game. Are we going to have a part two, Matei's blog? 100%. Nice. I look forward to reading that. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to add anything to the conversation, you know, you can find us in the Navic Discord. And yeah, David, Matei, thank you so much for joining. Good to be thank here. Thank you very much. It was amazing. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. 